I've heard it said that there are two types of podcasts. Spooky gays and space gays. For Halloween, we're taking our first steps into sci-fi territory. Sort of. Genre's hard. This is a completely non-canon alien invasion AU. Basically, fanfic I wrote about my own show. I hope you like it. And from me, Leah, and from all of us at Overkill, I wish you a happy spooky season. Hello! This is Helen from Mothers Against Aliens and Ghosts. Us ladies are going door to door to spread the word about UFO sightings in 12 cities. We still haven't heard anything from the crackpots in office. I'm in bed My friend Karen let me into her building. You know, people are crap these days. Hardly anyone will ever buzz me in. Well, hello, Missy. Do you have a minute to talk about extraterrestrials? Why would you even ask me that? Because they're hiding something. Who? Your government. Who else, sweetie? I'm sorry, I just... I have no idea why anyone would ever think I'd know anything about that. Honestly, nope. Nada. No. Well, I'm just going to close the door now, okay? At least take some of the free literature. Hello? Do you have a minute to talk about extraterrestrials? Okay. So it all started when my girlfriend brought home this crazy plant thing. Actually, there's a few things you should know about Vicky first. She's super into the environment. Like, super into it. It took six months of living together to convince her to stop using her homemade deodorant. She's post-grad after double majoring in environmental and gender studies at a school formerly known as NYU, but now only thought of in terms of the massive biohazards they kept hidden in their basement. Uh, sorry, allegedly kept. They're getting pretty squirrely about this stuff ever since, well, you know. You can probably see where I'm going with this. Wacky idealist working a grunt job in some vaguely unethical lab, questionable containment of an arguably living creature. It's a chimp waiting to be set loose on campus. Legally blonde, too. If Bruiser's mom was a weird alien thing. And the makeup testing lab was a desperate attempt to maintain our imagined isolation in the universe. Also, Elle Woods would have to be an anarchist. Who really hates shopping. Okay, I guess it's not actually similar. Either way, I woke up alone that night. Not that unusual when you're a makeup artist with an obsessive scientist girlfriend. We work very different hours. By which I mean I love sleep and she doesn't. It was like 4 a.m. but I really, really had to pee. So I stumbled through the dim light of our closet-sized Brooklyn apartment. I pushed the bathroom door open and, without so much as reaching for the light switch, flopped onto the toilet seat was half done when I noticed a sort of glowing behind the shower curtain. First I was like, okay, whatever. Our bathroom had a tiny window above the tub, just enough to give the neighboring fire escape a glimpse of my tits when I showered. The light could have been the city never sleeping. 
Still, it was weird. Panties around my ankles, I sat up straighter and yanked back the shower curtain. Vicky ran in at the sound of my scream. Her crooked glasses were slipping down her nose and she hadn't changed out of her lab coat with all the gender is fake if you want it to be buttons. It was disturbingly normal. Don't freak out, she said. I closed my eyes. What's happening? Vicky said. I'm trying to figure out if this emergency can wait until after I wipe my crotch. I opened my eyes again. Yep. Vicky held in a snort. In my bathtub, the single strangest thing I'd ever seen still sat unbothered by my barely contained panic. Actually, sat is not the verb. Truthfully, there are no verbs. I really hate when people describe things as indescribable because, like, that in itself is a description. But when I say this thing was indescribable, I don't mean that it was beautiful or awesome or unexpected. I mean, it was literally outside the realm of language. It's like trying to describe red to someone who's never seen it, or better yet, trying to describe red by talking about an apple. Then, realizing the person you're talking to has no idea what an apple is and has never actually seen a plant or eaten anything ever. I've been racking my brain for weeks now, combing through English and Spanish, and I still haven't come close to what I want to say. Here's the best I've got. It looked kind of like a mist, texture-wise, at least. You could go through it, is what I mean. And it was only partially opaque. Except it was not at all like mist, because it was in a shape kind of like a knotted slinky, all wrapped up in itself like an Ouroboros. Mist can't do that, last I checked. I'm not sure what color it was. It shifted, depending on the angle, like a holographic pearl. You get the feeling your eyes just can't process whatever's happening there, that no human has ever seen light refract this way before. I've heard the thing compared to a translucent rubber band ball stretched out as far as it can go, and to the roots of a plant made of saran wrap and woven together, but honestly, no one can quite figure it out. We've all just settled on mist. Honestly, I'm better at writing Instagram captions. One thing it wasn't was obviously alive. I had no idea how Vicky recognized it as something that needed saving. Later, she admitted she didn't. At least, not at first. She found it seeping under a lab door when she was leaving that night. Her clearance wasn't nearly high enough to get her in the room with it, but she saw the movement. She sensed that whatever was shifting there had a soul. The urge was unbearable, she said. I tried to walk away, but it rang in my ears like the bass in my shitty headphones. Well, it can't stay in the tub, I said. How did you even get it in here? It was smaller then, she said. She showed me the best way to sort of pick it up, which essentially amounted to holding a hand out and letting it wrap around your arm like a boa constrictor with the opacity down low. Then there was the issue of actually putting the thing somewhere. I wasn't being fake humble when I called our apartment a closet. Between Vicky's student loans and my income bracket, we considered ourselves lucky to have a door in our bathroom. 
Vicky looked at the sinking love seat, the tapestry I'd ordered on Amazon despite ardent protest. There were piles of discarded clothes cluttering the floor, books on a few tilting shelves. She took a step towards the nightstand, but the mist stopped her. It moved like an octopus shot from a spray bottle. Sort of. Particles both physical and disparate. I really recoiled then, realizing for the first time what the fuck was happening here. I mean, I'd seen all the UFO talk on Twitter, even shared a few pics of the pod embedded in 112th Street, but come on! It looked more like one of those massive mutated pumpkins than anything extraterrestrial. I wouldn't have been surprised to find it overpriced at a Whole Foods. The mist oozed over to the kitchenette area, peeling itself off Vicky's goose-pumped arm. It's cold, she mouthed at me. And sure enough, it gravitated towards the freezer. It laid itself over our X-rated magnetic poetry and leaked through the cracks. When we opened the door, we saw it, small again, pressed between an ice pack and a bag of Trader Joe's sweet and sour chicken. Over the next few days, Vicky brought home reports from work. Some nutso came to my door rambling about aliens and ghosts and free literature. NYU canceled all the classes in Vicky's building. She was told not to bother coming into work. Rumor had it, the mist was spreading. They'd even removed the monkeys from the AIDS lab for fear of contaminating the experiment. In her freezer, the frozen peas spilled the bag evaporating into the frigid air. Vicky heard about a professor whose laptop crumbled into ore. I didn't take it seriously until the metal of our fridge coarsened. It cut my hand when I pulled open the door. I wanted to call somebody, but Vicky wouldn't allow it. By now, the rumors were out of control. Half the West Village was quarantined. People are carrying it with them, Vicky explained. Evacuees were dragging it halfway across the country, infecting hometowns and their mom's apartments. It was the same thing Vicky did, but I knew I couldn't say that. Vicky loved the mist. I would come home and find the two of them curled up on the couch watching Netflix. The mist covered her like chainmail. Once, she laughed at something Rogelio said on Jane the Virgin. Anna saw the thing fogging up between her teeth. We were going to protests all the time. I shouted the stuff about transparency and government repression. But Vicky took it three steps further, as per usual. She didn't think we should be trying to contain the invasion at all. That's what they were calling it by then. An invasion. An alien overlord literally leaking into our brains through our ears. By now... The mist had permeated the whole building. The floor above us collapsed like an old coal mine. Our hardwood floors grew roots and then just grew, sprouting leaves and twigs I had to step around on my way to the restroom. One day, I opened the fridge and found four chicks struggling through the styrofoam egg carton. The carton broke into beads and evaporated. Vicky joined a radical pro-mist protest group. The two of us were fighting, and not in the sexy banter way we usually did. I didn't get it. And she didn't get why I didn't get it. Haven't you always wanted a reset, she said. I bit back. Yeah, an animal crossing. 
sometimes when she talked, I would hear the thing echoing in her voice. After a while, I realized she'd stopped HRT. It scared me, but when I brought it up, she smiled. Aya, she said. And God, her smile. I always love the way her mouth tilts, crooked above her square jaw. She wrapped her arms around me, her chin nestling in my hair. It's okay, she said, her breath warm against my ear. She scolded me. I closed my eyes. Who's she? I already knew. Vicky wasn't afraid. The mist was more than a monster to her. It was resettling the earth, putting things back as they were meant to be. Even without the HRT, everything about her was the same. The mist held her as she was. It was then that I realized I couldn't blame her for her devotion to the thing. I mean, honestly, does an alien overlord sound any worse than anything else that's been going on lately? Even with the potential mind control vibes. At least it valued her. At least it wasn't actively trying to kill us. Few things were free from the mist's effects. Food stayed fresh, preserved in the chilled air. Pipes kept up, and homeless people collected it in cups from abandoned Starbucks. They lived in the sand dunes that had once been the windows of Trump Tower. It wasn't all good, of course. People went wild, rioting and looting, while others seemed to lose all sense of themselves under the weight of the mist. Suicides were common, spurred on by panicked pundits. I heard stories of women raped in the dark forests that were once their neighborhoods. The half-evacuated city turned its lights off every night now. And for whatever reason, the mist mostly left me alone. Maybe it knew I was the skittish type, always quick to leave anyone who moved too fast. Vicky and I flirted forever before she finally asked me to be official. Her eyes on my bed sheets, her mouth still half full of the pizza she'd been cramming in her panic. But that day was particularly rough. I hadn't worked in a while. I mean, it's not like I had to pay rent. Her second floor walk-up was declared structurally unsound after trees started sprouting and we were camping in the abandoned ground floor. Our old home a sort of rooftop garden. We hadn't heard from the landlord in weeks. I'm not exactly an organized person. And without structure, I will literally lay in bed all the time. Which, as you probably know, is basically a peach tree dish designed to breed depression. That morning, I'd woken up and headed to the bathroom, only to be startled by my own reflection. It's like when you're at a party and only realize how drunk you are once you go to pee. Looking at myself in the gunked up mirror, I hardly recognize my own body. There was nothing new, nothing shocking, but Aya had stepped out for the day. She was on autopilot, leaving some zombie in her place. Funny how we say zombie when we mean dead inside. Zombies are entrepreneurs. They want, need, strive for something. A level of caring I could hardly imagine.
I was more like a ghost possessing my own skin and could it reach the controls. I didn't bother to wash my hands before I headed into the neighbor's living room. The mist bumped along the ceiling like a dog sniffing at the yard. Vicky wasn't home yet. I sank onto the ground. The family's old leather couch mooed a long time ago and wandered off. There were mushrooms sprouting in the carpet. I pressed my head against my knees. It felt good, so I pushed harder. Opened my mouth and sucked in air. I tasted peppermint. Clean. Smelled dirt. Rich. The mist had swelled to fill the room. Like hopoxing a kaleidoscope. Everything was color and smoke and shifting heavy warmth. With each breath, I felt myself sinking back into my body. I looked down at my fingers and they were mine. I wiggled my toes and they were my toes. I sucked in another breath and I could hear the click and hiss of the serotonin pipes in my brain. A machine being set right again. My chest rose and I felt new. Like drinking ice water after an Altoid. I lifted my arms and felt the mist looping around them. Hi, Aya. It purred in my ear. Happy to have you. This has been Overkill's Halloween special. We hope you enjoyed this spooky Halloween treat. Tune in for our next episode in which Madison and Sophie begin the public outreach in the spookiest place they know, Tumblr. This episode was written by Leah Hagen. Sound is by Juan Giordano. The parts of Helen and Aya were played by Rebecca Rivera. Thank you for listening, and we hope you had a spooky Halloween.